peace 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 and abundance y'all welcome back to another episode of this goddess glows podcast i'm your host zakia chase this goddess glows is a platform dedicated to inspiring and empowering afro-indigenous women to heal holistically and tap into the goddess within in continuation of our sacred cycle series in this episode i will be talking about the menstrual cycle from a biblical perspective as promised so while studying for this series i asked myself a series of questions one being what does religious text say about the menstrual cycle how do religious teachings impact women who have adopted and adapted to those spiritual beliefs and i also wondered what our indigenous ancestors believed and how did they interact with and honor the sacred cycle so in this episode we're focusing specifically on the bible In the following episode, we'll discuss our indigenous ancestors' beliefs and practices. And first, it is important to note that there are many versions of the Bible with varying teachings and interpretations. So a quick Google search provided conflicting results as to how many versions there actually are. One source, Christianity.com, states that there are about 50 main versions of the English Bible. And that's just the English Bible. The Bible has been translated, I believe it was 7,000 or 700 times, so into various languages. Um, But this just focusing on the English Bible because this is the primary language of my followers and it's the the language that I speak. Um, But another source, so the first source says that there are 50 main versions of the English Bible, but another source, Pantheos.com, states that there are 450. That is a 400 version difference of the English Bible. But some examples of these versions are, and we may have heard of many of them, but here are some of them. The English Standard Version of the Bible, the New and international version of the bible the king james version which i'm sure many of us have heard of um the christian standard version of the bible the new living translation the amplified bible the american standard version the contemporary english the geneva bible the modern jewish bible the jerusalem bible and so on and so forth I say all this to say that this is no way an attempt to generalize the ideologies of all Christians. But while I was researching, I stumbled across the YouVersions Bible app. And the YouVersions app um, houses 67 English versions of the Bible. And from there, to be fair and balanced to the best of my ability, I begin my search to figure out what is the biblical belief about the female body? What is the biblical belief or what are the biblical instructions on how 
a woman should be treated or um, how the menstrual cycle should be understood. So, <laughs> the U version app it is on. Uh, if you Google U versions, the it just says Bible app, but that's the correct uh, app that you want to go for. Or you can click the link, and then it'll take you to download the app and whatnot. But this app is great. Like it allows users to search keywords in scripture and other media content. So you'll search like a keyword for something that you're looking for in the Bible, something that you're interested in or something you want to learn more about. Maybe it's doubt, fear or prosperity, love, abundance, whatever. You can search a keyword and um, scripture and other media content aligned with the keyword that you looked up um, will populate for users to check out. So when I looked up, I think Eve eating the apple and things like that, different videos came up for me to look at, which is pretty cool too, because not all of us are big fans of just constantly reading things. Um, but it's also cool to like look at the scripture and then find a visual that aligns with the scripture. Um, so yeah, users can also filter the versions of the Bible that they want to get the information from. And they can also um, filter out whether it's from the Old Testament or the New Testament. So during my search, here's what I uncovered. The book of Leviticus held the largest collection of instructions on how to view and interact with women and the menstrual cycle. The first thing I noticed is this concept of women being impure and unclean during their menstrual cycle. Leviticus 18.19 and 15.24 describes women being unclean during her bleed and how any man who lays with her will be considered unclean for seven days. Leviticus 15.20 says that everything she lieth on shall be deemed unclean. 2018 refers to the menstrual cycle as a sickness. 1523 says that her bed or anything she sits on, when a man touches it, he becomes unclean. And then it also provides instructions on how he should clean himself. Uh, Leviticus 12, 4 and the King James Version states, and she shall then continue in the blood of her purifying three and 30 days. I'm not really sure what that means. And shall know how and shall touch no hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days her purifying be fulfilled. So we see themes of the woman being considered impure and unclean, and she is not allowed to enter any holy, sacred, sacred place until her cycle has completed, until menstruation has stopped, until she is done bleeding. I want to say that there is some context that is very much necessary. This is not to demonize or this is not to pass judgment off of any spiritual text, religious text. This is just me looking up what is available looking up what is stated on a specific topic um i feel like context matters because if there are some 
let's say there are some sanitary issues, you know, like if we're, if this is a, a ancient, these are ancient texts, um, we can consider context being maybe there weren't sanitary products then. Did women flee, free bleed back then? I'm not too sure. I don't know. Like what is the history of maybe that's a whole nother episode that we can tap into to figure out like the hip, the history and the evolution of um, sanitary products for women and, you know, pads and what do they use historically? So I'm not too bothered by like regulations around like, okay, stay home and bleed. Don't really go anywhere. Like, I'm not sure what that looked like for a woman, an ancient woman in those times. But what does um, raise uh, like some causes for concern is when it talks about, um, well, to a degree, like, is it saying that she cannot go to the sanctuary and she cannot, you know, perform prayer because I don't know. She can't, she can't enter the house of the Lord. I don't know y'all. Um, but context definitely matters. I'm just giving the information that's available. So what, what, what kind of really for sure rubs me the wrong way is this aspect of, um, menstruation, uh, being, used as a metaphor for grave sin like it's just so gross and so disgusting and so just it's an abomination it's just so horrible that it's being compared to other things in the bible or other experiences um so some examples of menstruation in a biblical metaphor um is ezekiel ezekiel thirty-six seventeen reads "O mortal when the house of israel dwelt on their soil they defiled it with their ways and their deeds their ways were in my sight like the impurity of a menstruous woman so their behavior their deeds were so horrible they were as impure as a menstruating woman so in this verse menstrual impurity is regarded as so severe that it is used to emphasize the gravity of Israel's sin. Like that is like clear as day, even though it's a metaphor. It's like you use that to compare something that's natural. Like I feel like you can kind of like with Leviticus, you can kind of say like, okay, if you consider context, like are they just saying like, you know, it, it has parts where it says like the woman's anything she touches is also dirty and is it because she's literally bleeding or, you know, there's, there's some like, you know, you can give a little leeway with Leviticus, but when you see it being used as a metaphor for grave sin, it's kind of like, what? So then I started to go into, um, sacrifice and the nature of sin and Leviticus twelve six talks about woman giving sacrificial offerings. It states, and when her days of purifying are fulfilled for a son or for a daughter. So she would like a son or a daughter. She shall bring a lamb of the first year to a burnt offering. And a young pigeon or turtle dove for a sin offering unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation unto the priests. So if she would like a son or a daughter, she brings a lamb 
of the first year. So I'm guessing it's a young lamb uh, for a burnt offering. And for her sin, she brings either a young pigeon or a turtle dove. But why a sin offering? What sin did she commit? I truly begin to develop more questions than I received answers. But in gratitude, since this is such a beautiful journey of discovery, I then journeyed to the believed origin story of man in the first book of the Bible, which is the book of Genesis. In Genesis 3.16, a curse is given to women by God in order to only punish her for inciting and seducing man into sin through desire. This alludes to Eve eating the apple after being forbidden not to. And God also gives man the prerogative to rule over the woman. Y'all, all of my sources for each of this, each of these like amazing inserts are um, in the bibliography and the show notes. So y'all can click around and check out these articles and check out these passages, check out these uh, scriptures for yourselves. This is not me just pulling shit out of my ass. <laughs> um but it also says your desire in, in Genesis 3.16, it says your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So I'll circle back to the book of Genesis, trying to understand, overstand and understand where this idea of uh, menstruation being a sin um, and initially I thought circling back to the book of Genesis would help me grasp why a woman is considered to be in sin during menstruation, but the path first seemed to lead to a dead end and explain only why women are considered subservient to men. So if y'all remember, it says God also gives man the prerogative to rule over woman. It also says your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So because you did such a horrible thing, because you you um, did not listen, you did not follow instructions, you disobeyed God, your man is ruling over you. Um, but upon deeper search, I found that my inclination to link Leviticus and Genesis was right. Many biblical commentators throughout history have viewed the Levitical menstrual prohibitions as divine punishment for the sinful nature of women, which through the actions of Eve affected the fall of humankind. Menstruation is considered the divine curse of women. Now, if this is the parameters, if this is the expectation, if this is the guidance, if this is the teaching what does that say about how we're being taught to um, or or women who decide to adopt and uh, adapt to these teachings and these spiritual beliefs? How does that make them feel about themselves? Like your nature is sinful. You are cursed. And this is this is horrible you are impure you are unclean this is just something to consider this is not me saying what is right or wrong um this doesn't impact me as much because i choose not to subscribe to these beliefs because it takes me so far from 
my sacred self. It takes me so far from believing that I am an emanation of God and that I am worthy of grace during this time when you know I'm menstruating and that it is such a sacred cycle and that is amazing that we are capable of producing life that this cycle shows me how connected I am to nature this this cyclical nature of death and rebirth but it's just important to to understand overstand and understand what and how um what impacts and how women are impacted by certain spiritual teachings or certain religious texts that they choose to or their um their condition to or I want to I don't want to say program that kind of sounds like it sounds pretty insensitive but what they're molded into or the the spiritual the spiritual practices that they choose or that they're born into I don't maybe that's a better word but it's just like all of this stuff impacts us and how we view ourselves and how we view such sacred natural functions of our bodies and this is not to say that there is um this is all I don't know y'all I can't even I'm trying to be a little more um I'm very open-minded but I'm trying to be I'm trying to find some like context I'm trying to find a way to like I don't know but there's just no way to like uh, the metaphor of it being the 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 deeds and the actions of of the people of Israel being compared to the menstru- the menstruation of a woman it's like so that's an inherent sin that's that's such a monstrous sin that my cycle exists i don't know y'all y'all decide how y'all feel about y'all sacred cycle and what spiritual beliefs you choose to carry and how they impact you in your day-to-day life um so we're gonna stop here and we're gonna pick up on the next episode where we will talk about um indigenous ancestors our indigenous ancestors and their beliefs and practices as it pertains to the menstrual cycle until next time i love y'all peace Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the This Goddess Close podcast. I'm so grateful for your support. I'm so grateful for your listening ear. I'm so grateful that my messages and my my um, my guest messages were able to vibrate in your soul and provide you with that love that energetic love that you absolutely need this is reiki through the motherfucking airways we healing people with this i'm healing people with my voice y'all this is beautiful so again tune in with us every sunday at 12 p.m eastern standard time 
and get some love. Allow someone to pour into you with with the authenticity, real, raw, and uncut. We ain't holding no motherfucking punches, okay? If you wanted a podcast where motherfuckers is prim and proper and they just talking about like basic shit, they ain't getting underneath the surface, go somewhere else. But if you like this real, raw, uncut, authentic, getting loved up on for being exactly who you are holistically, then stay here and see us again on the next episode. I love you and I'll talk to you soon.